Hey guys, I hope you're all doing absolutely wonderfully well. Um, oh, I'm stretching. I'm not long out of bed. It's a it's a Tuesday morning, and the only perks uh, I say the only perks. There's probably quite a few. One of the perks to not having breakfast before you train means you don't have to get up. Um. A couple of hours before they eat breakfast <laughs> um which is really interesting because i do often struggle to get up a wee bit earlier when i have to shovel some breakfast down my throat but yeah i've really been um i've really been doing this like um the whole no breakfast thing and um, it seems to be i'm, I'm saying um a lot it it seems they've worked really well like i there, there's been a consistency, I suppose you could say. So, you know, if, if ever there was a good thing to come out of the the last lot of weeks and, you know, the the build up to Paris and, and I was practicing different breakfasts and I was wearing the Super Sapiens arm band sleeve thing. Um, yeah, it, it was the, it, I, I bragged one day on, on Strava. There's a little like, it was a little like humble brag of like out of bed at 8.45, something like that. It was something like out of bed at 8.45, cup of coffee. And then I think I did like an 18 mile solid run. And at the time I was kind of bragging from a perspective of imagine, imagine if I'd have like had breakfast or, you know, imagine like, that kind of an idea, like a call if I had had breakfast and call, you know, how, how different this would have been and, and how much better probably I was sort of like thinking it could have been. Um, but actually, like, it turns out that actually how I prepared was, you know, the, the best way I probably possibly could have prepared. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. It, it it's kind of just one of those things that who would have who would have knew basically that what works best for my body is um actually not preparing um in a way and you know actually um just getting up out of bed having a having a coffee and um cracking on really it's um. Yeah, it, it's it seems to be working um really well for me. So I get up, like I said, I, I have a coffee. I don't do anything um anything crazy. Some mornings I'll I'll stretch a bit. Um other mornings I don't, to be perfectly honest with you. Um I think I think there's an element of importance to stretching so yeah there's an element um if i think the body's like pretty stiff which it which it usually is like more recently um once you once you start to increase um like mileage and like gym and and like sessions are a bit faster a bit harder there's there's definitely an element of like stiffness creeps in and so I often go a lengthy period of time, you could say, without 
sort of recognizing that. And then I'll, you know, like last night, for example, I jogged to the park and I'm just waiting for some of the guys to come and show up so that we can run together. And, and you know, I decide to stretch as you do while you're standing waiting. Um, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, like, geez, I'm a bit tight. So then what I'll do is I'll, I'll plan, I'll say, okay, well, for the next, you know, 10 days, let's, let's work on, you know, stretching a little bit more. Let's work on opening the body up a little bit more. And, and really it's a, it's a cycle of, you don't have to do it all the time because there's a, there's an element of stiffness is quite a good thing. And so if you find a, if you find a period of training starts to go really well, sometimes it actually is that your body has got the, uh, a really nice level of what we would call muscle stiffness. And with, with muscle stiffness comes elasticity. And so you don't want to, it's kind of like you don't want to fuck with it too much. But at the same time, if you are about to run, some races so if you're if you're looking at racing soon and and you know maybe you have a 10k maybe you have a, a half marathon maybe you have a marathon well then then you've got to be like hmm is it a bit too stiff going into a race whereby during the race it's going to get stiffer because you know you're working the muscles at their maximum capacity essentially and when you start working the muscles to maximum capacity it creates an element of stiffness. And so with that mind, that's like, I'm in a nice flow and a nice rhythm of training right now. And that tells me fitness is, is likely pretty good. Muscle stiffness is likely pretty good, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're torn between, well, I don't want to fuck about with that too much. However, I'm about to race a marathon. And so I don't want in the later miles to run into problems whereby muscles start to get stiff and, and break down and, and, you know, get tight, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a combination of a little bit of stretching in the morning before I go out the door to, you know, do training. Then while you're out there training, you can do some dynamic exercises and leg swings and, you know, warm up drills, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you're finished training, you can go to the gym and you can do your strengthening, which you have to recognize which areas of your body, I guess, breaks down. And by targeting those areas, you can then help make sure that, you know, for future that essentially they, they don't break down. And, and, you know, in the marathon, it's not going to sort of come back to bite you that, you know your calves are a weak part of your body or you know your hamstrings are a weak part of your body. And so the last thing you want, I, I was I was back doodling yesterday and like I suppose I've been trying to write a book in a way and um, it requires a tremendous amount of focus, I'll tell you that. It's just, and, and then you have to be not too picky about maybe not being happy with the, with a book or not, um, I actually I actually wrote essentially a full a full book, um, in the build up to to Houston, and, um, yeah, I, and then I didn't get the race Houston, and so 
that was a bit of a bummer and so I didn't end up um doing anything with that book but I really should just read through it and then you know just publish it I mean it doesn't matter if it's not like a absolute belter <laughs> it matters to me a little bit <laughs> but like yeah like maybe you just have to maybe it's like property and you just have to get on the board <laughs> oh I'm making myself laugh um so yeah I was doodling and I, I was I was writing little bits and I, and I was actually writing about um London I, I I feel like when I write it's all doom and gloom like all I'm oh so miserable so I was actually trying to write quite a happy part of the book and um, let's see if I can find it um I do talk about the later miles of the race aha here we go right so I'll say I'll start from here. So I'll say the flow state didn't come at London Marathon three weeks after Larne. And I guess I made a pretty big withdrawal, so to speak, at Larne. But I also made some mistakes in those final three weeks. And I treated my body like it was tired, etc. I believe I gave it too much space and allowed it to be tired. What I believe happens with the human body, if you act tired, expect it to feel tired and you do nothing, the body becomes a little lazy fuck and embraces that state. It clings to it and things feel like hard work. But those who don't accept that tiredness or even just the idea or the expectation that they're going to be tired, those fuckers that just hammer on, their body responds for them. God, I'm kind of like looking, excuse me for interrupting. I just fucking make mistakes. I just, I spelled there wrong. So sorry, I'll start that again. Those fuckers that just hammer on, their body responds for them. And in the last five weeks or so before London Marathon, which included the 10-day taper for Larne and then pretty much a three-week taper for London, the athlete on the start line, I wrote the start life. Oh, for goodness sake, Stephen. The athlete on the start line to London, he hadn't earned that flow state. I was clinging to fitness that had been built leading into Larne. But at this stage, I was squeezing the toothpaste tube as hard as I possibly could to squeeze out any remaining drip of fitness I could find. It was a fucking war of attrition those three weeks of my life and it was testing. As each week passed, the fitness felt worse and the expectation was high after such a good performance at Larn. But the body, mind, fitness, they weren't in sync. They weren't flowing. Not like they had flowed just before Larn. It was a proud day for me being able to run London and run 209.48, the fastest time ever by an Irishman on a record eligible course. And I'll cherish that day for the rest of my life, mainly because the level of difficulty was about 500 out of 10 compared with Larne. That was about a 7 out of 10. And yet the level of performance at Larne was arguably higher. I learned something about myself that day. And moments like that day don't mean you'll, you'll never quit again. Just 12 months or so later, I quit in the Olympic Games. But one or two moments in your life don't define you, but they do show you what's possible. In Larne, my body graced the earth in a way I've never felt before. There was a confidence that felt invincible, and I enjoyed every mile from start to finish. London, heavy sigh. London wasn't like that at all. And, all, and everything from the warm-up to the first few miles, my body was rejecting the idea of a flu state. I felt tense, cold, out of breath. Arm sleeves felt heavy. The rain was cold. The wind was harsh. And I was desperately trying to find that rhythm or flow but everything was annoying me. My competition was annoying me. The rain, the wind, no fans, laps, 
mile markers on the course that you hadn't got to yet. But, and the most important but, the pace wasn't slowing. And I had moments of doubt, panic, but I just, but I just slowed life down. And I said to myself, one more mile, get one more mile and we can assess the situation, assess the damage. There was a big scoreboard at each lap. You'd see the predicted finish time, 207, 208, 209. Each lap it went backwards and I had to suck that up, but it started to stick at 209. And so I promised myself, if the speed stays okay, we keep going. It's that simple. And I took emotions out of the equation. Logic suggested if the speed remains, we're okay. If we're pushing as hard as we can and the speed is continuing to slow, then it's acceptable that it's not our day. Something happened around mile 18 and my body gave me some life and it, it found a flow of sorts. Not a flow like that day at Larn, but a different kind of flow, slower pace, but the breathing had settled, the shoulders didn't feel as tense and I knew at that moment I could do it. I could break two hours, 10 minutes for the marathon and I found the pace increasing. But the problem with the marathon isn't just fitness. Physical fatigue starts to play a role and so I increased the pace, but as I increased the pace, my right hamstring said no. And so I found myself frustrated. But in the current flow, it was about managing the right hamstring, pushing little bits when it allowed and maintaining this focus. It's a mistake we make when it comes to sport. We narrow in and we focus too much on when the body feels poor, when it's hurting, when the effort is difficult. But then we don't embrace these small moments in the heat of battle when things are okay. It's a bit like moaning when you push a door that's meant to be pulled and you think to yourself i fucking always get that wrong trouble is you don't always get it wrong you just don't congratulate yourself when you get it right two hours nine minutes and 48 seconds which might end up being the fastest time i ever run but we won't know until i retire someday fully and i let the legs rest i sit in the athlete area traumatized by how hard the effort was my legs hurt my head is freezing and I have no dry clothes. Given the level of achievement, it's fair to say I didn't know at the time how to feel. But when you run two hours, 20 minutes or so at Boston a year later, you look back and think, fuck, that was a pretty good day. Oh my God, I mean, I might be quite biased because I wrote the fucking thing, but that sounds pretty good to me, even just reading that. But what I'm talking about, well, you know what I'm talking about, but that's, that's the issue you run into. It's not the first time in a marathon. I've kind of got to a part of the race and, you know, kind of, I've covered two topics there. So I got to a part of the race where physical started to become a thing. And so physical tightness in the hamstring, tiredness in the hamstring, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's, that's something that you, you have to, you have to work towards. You have to make sure that you're putting in work. Hold on. Yes, you have to make sure that you're putting in work around the running training to support that part of the race that essentially, you know, shit can hit the fan. And if shit hits the fan, it's tough if you get like a sore calf, a sore foot, a sore, well, foot, I'm not sure you can do a lot about it. But calf, hamstring, quad, these are all things that in training you could have been doing something about. And it might have took you, you know, it might be an hour or two extra a week, which seems a lot of your time to dedicate. But if it protects you and it gets you, you know, essentially over that finish line without a problem, 
it's a huge huge feeling because what happens in those later miles anything that's costing you time is costing you time and a lot of the time it's actually not fitness which is crazy the second topic that i um approach there was it's actually the taper so tapering's fucking difficult right and so if i look at when i look back at what i did before larn half marathon you're looking at pretty much running 90 to 95 miles a week one two three four of them five of them five weeks over 90 miles a week right and then i pretty much do half a week at 90 mile a week because i wake up monday and i do 10 mile and five mile and then tuesday i do a long tempo 12 mile tempo no fucking about boom wednesday i do the same as monday except this time it's like 12 mile and five mile right and so that's and then actually thursday i do seven and five so that's the best part of the first four days of that week one two three four well done Stephen. so first four days of that week and we're you're looking at being at that point so one two three four five six seven eight nine nine days away from the race right so nine days out from the race you're still running peak mileage peak mileage is different for everybody which is why i've said peak mileage and i haven't said a a figure so and on the day of larn uh, i could tell you a couple of facts actually i wear my uh as you all know i wear my um my aura ring um an aura ring i feel is a um pretty good judge um hold on there rustle around here um pretty good judge um of like readiness and so if i go back i'm trying to find a hay fever tablet because i think it's time to eat but nasally do i have any oh if one left there you go magic um so i think aura ring's a pretty good judge oh, i might have lost just because i left the room so anyway i'll start again I think aura rings a pretty good judge I've, I've i've i do think it works if i'm honest um i'm boring just now with rambling okay back to back to before lauren so i think aura rings a pretty good judge how far back can i go i might not be able to go that far back on the um app sadly i wanted to go back and sort of show you and tell you roughly um what was going on with aura ring around that moment in time because for lauren it it essentially and i'll be able to because i've just logged in on the laptop but for lauren it came really good right even with even with just that 10 day taper it it worked extremely extremely well so it it basically like just all of a sudden coming into larn which you know 
even though it was a shorter taper, it it's not it's not actually that short. Like nine to ten days of you know massively massively changing your training, and it's actually quite a lot. Like, and and the reason I'm telling you this because I'm going to tell you two things because I'm going to tell you what I did for Lauren, the the end result, and then what I did for London. Some some of what I did for London wasn't exactly a choice because there was tiredness. Um, but that's why in the book I touch on the idea that I think some tiredness is is almost like I swear to God that it's fabricated, right? So that's the day of Larn. What did it say? Saturday twelfth of September. Is that right? Is that when Lauren was? So it says my heart rate variability was 75. Is that the day of Lauren? Or is that the day of Lauren? Oh, for goodness sake, team. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, no, I think, I think it was Saturday 12th. All right. So I did this like big, big taper for London right and I just found by the time I got to London the fitness just wasn't as good right and you can you can you can tell people that and you can say it out loud and they can say it's in your head you're wrong etc etc but between me and you on the podcast they don't fucking know that. They've just, they've assumed that. But how the fuck could they know that when they don't feel what you feel? They're not in your body. They're not out there doing the training. And so all I know is that leading into Larn, I kept the training fairly solid until nine days to go. And then to be fair, those next nine days, very, very, very easy. Very easy. Like you're talking... You're talking 50%. You know, you're going from 15 to 18 mile a day to all of a sudden 10, 0, 9, 9, 6, 8, 5, 3. And that's like miles, right? So it really cuts quite drastically. However, the problem I then found was the training between Larne and all the way to London. You're looking at one, two, three, four, four and a half weeks where I would say the average mileage for those four weeks is probably 55, something like that. And if you run 55 miles for four and a half weeks, whether you have to or not, you know, whether it's an option or it's not. It, it's pretty difficult to say for sure that the fitness will not drop. That's a pretty lengthy period of time whereby you've certainly give, you know, the body the opportunity for the, for the fitness to drop. Um, and so I, this time before Rotterdam, I'm sort of trying um, to do, yeah, just like, just a little bit, a little bit more, but like not a, not a ridiculous amount more. 
like like I'm not like I'm not going like like crazy with the like volume but like I'm certainly keeping it in a in a decent enough place um that yeah that like I feel good because in sessions I'm feeling really good and it's kind of like of course of course what you need on marathon day is something a little bit different you need this freshness and this like this ability to do something that you've never hopefully been capable of doing before like a big heroic effort is kind of what it's all about so you definitely need to taper enough that's going to allow you to you know race well and and and, sorry race to your maximum capacity is probably a better way to describe it um so how that's going to work is i didn't i haven't tapered okay i've tapered a little bit because you know i only did i say only but i did 16 miles on sunday well i did about 18 and a half after like a bit of a warm-up and um jog home um but you know the actual decent part of the run the like progression side of things was only you know it was 16 mile but also only probably the last eight was at the kind of effort that maybe two weeks ago i'd have done the entire thing and i might have done 16 to 20 miles so you're you are starting to take your foot off the accelerator a little bit if that makes sense like you're you are starting to ease off the gas a little bit but you don't want to do it too much but actually i think from wednesday pretty much from wednesday of this week i'm going to start to think to myself okay you've you've done a a great job of getting the you know the body the mind everything back to a place where you you genuinely believe you know you could be you could be about to run you know a personal best which when you fucking run 20948 let me tell you i've i've had a lot of conversations about this with people and like people close to me and um the support team around me and and you know i try to tell them like I'm not being fucking negative here, like, but if I tell you I can't run a personal best, I can't run a personal best. And it's kind of like, you know, one of the curses that come with getting your fucking personal best to such a fast time. Well, it ain't easy to go just get in PB shape. Oh, Scully, just go get in PB shape. Like, you know, how hard can it be? It's fucking really hard. I know what that means. That means you're getting very close to, you know, records and all this kind of thing. So, so I don't set lightly, but actually some of this recent tempo type stuff that I've been doing in the park, in the same park that I trained before London, remember, I'm arguably ahead a little bit, which is fucking really cool. Um, But I haven't done, you know, before London, I did like a long tempo and, and that sort of told me quite a lot I haven't done that um I guess I've done seven eight miles but I guess it was actually before Lauren that I did the long tempo and I felt really good um and it was actually today about 12 days before Lauren today I went and did this long tempo and it went really well but look it's a fucking joy that I even got it back here 
you know, that I, that the fitness has got their place where there's a genuine excitement and that excitement is coming from doing, um, training, training, sitting in a place that is, that is arguably, like I say, better than before London. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little example of that. Like, you know, last, last Thursday we did a, a progressive tempo and it was seven miles and we started the tempo at 510 and then it went 505, 505, 458, 457, 446, 443. And there's, there's two things I would pay attention to here. The fact that I had the ability to pick up the last two miles was important because when I did the same when I did the same tempo before London, I wasn't, I didn't have that. I, di- I wasn't able to pick the last two miles up. I was only actually able to pick the last one mile up. Um, and so my average heart rate was 163. When I did it before London, my average heart rate was 167. And it wasn't as good. So that tells you something. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you everything. So heart rates are looking better. How I felt was feeling better. And so that's two, two pretty stable signs. But don't ignore the fact that before London, I also ran a race and ran 61 minutes for a half marathon. So you can't really replace that. But in terms of um, longer efforts, heart rate, how I've been feeling. You know, there was another there was another effort I did two weeks before London and I did eight miles steady and then I did six miles just under five minute mile pace. And what I did on Sunday perhaps wasn't as impressive, but it, it was never supposed to be. So Sunday I didn't go on Sunday and do this little progression and I didn't want it to be eight miles steady and then six miles sub five it was it was exactly what i did which was four miles at 550 four miles at 530 four miles at 515 and then four miles under five minutes but the 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 miles at 515 so the final eight miles was better than what i did um you know two weeks before london when i did I think I'm looking here right now and it was, it was 13 mile. It was, um, was it 13 mile? 14 mile, 14 mile, the first eight or nine, um, the first nine miles, 515 to 520. And then the final one, two, three, four, five, the final five, just under five minutes. But you're looking at sub five minute pace and, and my heart rates, 173 177 even 180 for the last mile whereas on sunday it it didn't go over 170 and i felt really good so you can understand when i when i when i suggest pb or i talk about pb i i try to i try to speak in like facts if if there's a couple of things looking factually like factual evidence that you know, the fitness is in a good place and perhaps a better place than before a previous race. And that's the way it's starting to feel. Now, 
the the downside to talking PB um for any for any athlete or myself and and any other athlete. Let me have a wee sip of my coffee. I'm getting closer to going training. Yes, the downside to talking about a PB is expectation pressure. Um, actually, I'm going to change that pressure. Pressure that you're putting on yourself, pressure from external sources, because if you say, oh, I think I can run a PB, and then you don't, well, you know, it begs the question, why didn't you? Um, why didn't you is a really simple part, because your PB is 209.48, and anytime you run a PB, no matter what your PB is, three hours, three hours, 15, it's a, you've achieved something that day that you'd never achieved before so it's hard it's hard to necessarily know when you're there because it's such a it's such a big achievement that you know and it's such it's so new and it's so like fresh I suppose you could say that yeah it's it's very it would have been very difficult to predict in a way um and so that's that's one of the um reasons why it's not really that big a deal and I would change pressure. I would actually change pressure to a form of expectation. If if I start training better, if I've done a more thorough build-up and I start training better than before a previous result, well, in my shoes, I'm I'd move the expectation. And I'm and I mean that. I my 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 objective my my focus on it changes from it being pressure to to an expectation of myself to perform and that's fine that's that's healthy that's really healthy you you know you you do all this work and you put in all this training and sometimes it's easy to forget the time that you've put in you know the whole build up you've you've probably justified time energy um, sometimes spending all to get you to this place pre-race just to have a chance of, of you know, perhaps running like a personal best, etc., etc. A small chance, that's all you've got. You've got this little, this little pocket of space, this little window, and, you know, if everything sort of comes together. But that's why it moves to expectation. Then there's an expectation because you don't get these opportunities that often. and. And so you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't re in a way, it doesn't really mean anything pass, feel, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It just is what it is. You know, it, it, if it doesn't go really well, 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 fuck it. You know, it doesn't go really well. That's, that's just, sometimes that's the way it goes and that's the way it works out for you. Um, but yeah, my, my brain moves to, like I say, that that place of of expectation where i start to expect something of myself i expect more from myself and i expect that on race day um my body will be able to you know deliver and and post up a a good mark a, a good race a good result um and, and i think that's i think that's really healthy if i'm honest that i, I I don't think um, I don't think that's pressure. It's why I don't mind saying like, "Oh, hey, you know, I think I can run a PB." 
believe me, I want to shout that from the rooftops. Because when I leave the park and I've I've done the training that I've just done or and I've felt the way that I've just felt, it's it's fuck it's beautiful. It feels amazing. And and I really want to appreciate that now because it feels very similar to what it did before Lauren, whereby things were just feeling good, you know? You'd you'd go do a tempo and, and it wouldn't hurt you that much. You'd go do a track session and 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 you just felt good. You were bouncing around the track. You were you were in a real good place, you know. And 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 when you had to breathe a bit, you were able to. When you had to dig in a bit, you were able to. And oh, it's a real nice feeling. So that's why I really want to embrace whatever happens over these next ten days. Just embrace and enjoy enjoy the next ten days for for what they are. Um. Because yeah, like I've like I've seen recently, I don't. There's a lot of work goes into getting to a place where where you're at this point. A lot of work, and I think that's what I forgot after I ran two nine that that I wasn't in two nine shape the whole build up. You know, I I was probably in like two twenty shape. I don't know, and that was a tough period. And then you got through that tough period, and you came out the other side in a great in a great place and so it's easy to forget sometimes that you weren't in that and I talk about it in the book but you weren't in that flow that like flow state the entire time and so don't beat yourself up in future if you're not there all the time either that's okay that's not that there's nothing wrong you're just not there yet but that flow and that it's it's earned you have to earn that flow state and that's when you have to trust your gut and that's when you have to put the work in that that needs to be put in um you know if you i i really i simplified it quite a lot and i just went back to larn and i counted back four weeks before larn and i said to myself okay you have four weeks to rotterdam you felt absolutely incredible on the start line at Larn, why don't we do similar in these next four weeks? It, it was a really, really simple thing to do because I just, I trusted that work that I did up in Font Rameau with, you know, Gary Locke and Farah and Jack Rowe and Andy Butchard and Jimmy Crow and all these sessions that we put in as a little team, a little unit. I trusted that work. I trusted those sessions. They had to have worked because if they didn't work, I wouldn't feel like I did. You know, I I I left Belfast seven weeks before Lauren, I think it was. I had just ran twenty nine twenty for ten K on the road as hard as I possibly could. And then seven weeks later, I think I think sixty one oh eight is slightly faster than that so maybe like 29 flat twice so you're you've you know you've you've run double and more so in that seven weeks to to say in any way shape or form that that seven weeks didn't work or that it isn't that it you know wasn't worth repeating in future is you know it's a bit ludicrous but that's what it did and that that took courage in itself like just to I remember going to the track the first for the first time to do those eight hundreds, and I was so nervous because I hadn't done that kind of that kind of work, that kind of really hard pushing yourself mentally. And 
God, I was nervous. I kept wanting to change the session. Oh, I'll just do a tempo. Oh, I'll just do some threshold reps. And then I was like, no, you're, you're fucking doing this. You're going to go and you're going to push hard. And, you know, let's see. Let's see how we get on. And I mean, it was shite. Oh, it was, it was really hard. It felt awful. And instead of doing 10, I think I managed, what, six, maybe five. No, I think I got six. Um, but yeah, it was real tough. Uh, you know, I, but it, but I came away from it remembering that I quite like tough, you know, that I, uh, yeah, that was what was quite cool about it. That I kind of thought to myself, do you know what? I kind of like that. I like that that was quite tough. Um, I like that I had to work a bit and, and push a bit there because, you know, that suits me. That works for me. I liked it. Um, but look, guys, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you with that. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to bang on too much. My my podcasts are getting longer at the minute. I just must have more to say. Um, but yeah, hopefully I keep cracking on with this book idea. Um, yeah, 10 days or so. So today's, today's, it's not the last day. It's not the last full day, but I'll do a session this morning. I'll do a bit of a run tonight. And then I think the next two days are going to be very easy. Maybe like seven and seven, seven Wednesday, seven Thursday, bit of a session Friday. And then I, I really start to taper things down. And that's worked well for me in the past. I'm just looking, um, I'm just looking at my taper here for Houston Marathon when I ran two eleven. You know, it was very windy that day, and I I managed pretty much a solo two eleven fifty, um, for fifth place at Houston. And um, if I could, if I could replicate something like that, that kind of final two weeks, I, I think it would it would leave me in a in a good place. Um and, and everything's been quite similar up until that point. So that's probably what I'm I'm gonna do, something like that. That's a taper that I would trust and I know has worked well for me in the past for a marathon. So all right team, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a lovely day.